Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. Your safety when traveling to and from Asheville is and always will be our top priority. Visit flyavl.com for all your current travel information. Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus. Built with the zero landfill promise, all waste is recycled or reused with more at PrestigeSubaru.com. RomanticAsheville.com. Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Plan your next getaway to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains by visiting RomanticAsheville.com. Nest Realty and Realtor Janet Oppenheimer. A senior resource specialist, Janet serves the Asheville, North Carolina area. Visit nestrealty.com and look for your trusted mountain community advisor, Janet Oppenheimer. And by Asheville Farms. Unlock the potential CBD has in your life with Western North Carolina's premier supplier of high-quality hemp and CBD products. Visit our store at 28 North Lexington Avenue in Asheville and by visiting AshevilleHempFarmsNC.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball. Welcome to Speaking of Travel, right here on iHeartRadio 570 WWNC. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, and on all major podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app, Buzzsprout, Pandora, Amazon, and iTunes. And be sure when you visit the speakingoftravel.net website to sign up for the Travel Club. You'll receive travel news, helpful tips, and links to stories from people who understand that traveling sustainably means valuing the environment and looking after our natural resources. You know, as travelers and tourists, it's our responsibility to advocate for sustainable travel, and we can all work towards better and more mindful travel as we get back out there again. Whether it's being aware of the environment or adopting better practices, there are ways to make a more positive impact on your travels. So I'm excited to continue the Speaking of Travel plus Leave No Trace series with Richard Crawford, the host of the Amazon Prime TV series, Leave No Trace. And Richard's going to help us highlight the importance of conservation, sustainable travel, and ecotourism, and inspire our actions through environmental stewardship. And Richard, it is so great to have you back here on Speaking of Travel with our special guest from Australia. How are you doing? Hey, Marilyn. How are you? Yeah, for, this is the first time I've come in remote from, from traveling as much as I travel. This is the first time I've actually come remote. And I, I'm with my our very special and very talented uh, cameraman, director, drone operator, music, uh, audio, and editing uh, partner, 
Ben Ocon. Wow, what an introduction, Marilyn. Hello, how are you? I am great to be back. And welcome back, Ben. It's so just you. you know, so much time has gone by. We've it's like we've lived through three lifetimes since we spoke last, and here you are. And Ricky, there you are in Australia. You've been such a traveling guy over these these past few months. Yeah, it's it's good. I'm I'm actually upside down. That's one of his many down under jokes that he will make through the podcast. Okay, well, we could do that. Well, why don't you give us a little update on where you've been? And, you know, last time we talked, Ricky, you were getting ready to leave. And, and now here we are. Give us a, give us kind of a roadmap. Yeah, yeah. So um, last time we chatted, I was, I was heading to Norway. Um, and that happened. And it was absolutely incredible. Um, a lot of times when Ben and I go visit places, I don't know what to expect because, you know, very often very exotic and very often parts of the world where I've never been before. Um, but with Norway, I was like, yeah, I know what Norway's like. It's like very similar to Scotland. It's got, you know, mountains and lakes and rivers and stuff like that. But I honestly did not expect to see what I saw. It was absolutely incredible. It was breathtaking. Every time you turned the corner or, or you know, came around a fjord, there it was, something else in front of you that was just incredible. I think both of us felt the same way there. Yeah, look, uh, it's interesting. I've traveled with Ricky for you know many years now, and everywhere we go, he says, oh, look, this reminds me of Scotland, but Scotland's better than this. So uh, so this was one where he actually said, oh, this is better than Scotland. So that was rare. Yeah, that, yeah that, that's the first time. I've actually said it to several oh, people already. That's the first. Scotland. Yeah. Well, give me an idea, both of you, on what it was that really struck you knowing that your intention and your objective when you travel for Leave No Trace is to really focus and highlight the sustainability and the eco-friendly atmosphere that they have. What does is, what is Norway have going on that, that just went wow to you? Uh, the first thing that really hit me was how clean it was. I, I, don't, think, I don't think I saw any trash lying around anywhere. No, I, don't, no. I don't remember seeing that at all, which is very clean and very efficient. They are the whole... The whole society is just a very efficient society. All their infrastructure, very clean and very efficient. Now, one thing Ricky commented on when we were filming was that the expectation of going to Norway is that it's going to be eco-friendly just by the very nature of everyone knows about the fjords, everyone knows about the, you know, and so the expectation is it will be very outdoorsy. But I think um, we were both taken aback by the, the beauty of it yeah. uh, and also the uh, how everybody that we dealt with at least certainly the norwegians we dealt with how they respect the outdoors they all spend time outdoors and so therefore protecting the outdoors is a very high priority for them yeah but it's almost like second nature right, right, it's, right. It's, not, it's like they're not even trying it's like yeah but well, that's what they're of supposed course. to do right of, of course, course. Of yes course we right. exactly where do you think that came from i mean is that just the way their nature is just the fact that they're outdoors all the time, to be honest, and, and it just makes sense that, you know, that they have a huge respect for it. And, and I think also, not just that, but uh, their whole lifestyle for hundreds of years. We, we were in the fjords and, and they were like, oh, look up, look way up there on the mountain. And there was like a little cabin and that, that's a farm. And they have four cows and they produce, you know, 20 gallons of milk a day and they used to have to carry it down the, this, just, um, this cliffside down to the water to get it to market. And I think, I, I don't think they necessarily wanted to enjoy the outdoors. I think they had to. 
Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. That, that was their environment. So I think every single person we spoke to is, um, my, my father is a ninth generation farmer and, and, you know, I've grown up in, in these mountains and everything. So there's a very distinct, in Norway, there's a very strong sense of, um, of, of that community and of, of that history. Yeah. Certainly, they have a history of really great clothes. I mean, their sweaters and their like oh, well, their adaptability. Story, there, <laughs> Do there's tell. I want to hear it. But, yeah, yeah. So they, we were um, sixty two Nord is the organization we went to visit. Um, who, who are incredible. If you get a chance to go to Norway, I highly recommend uh, going and visiting mm. these guys. We'll get into some of the properties in a little bit, but yeah, they they presented with with um, some nice. Traditional Norwegian sweaters the day that we got there, so that we would blend in with the locals. Um, he went to bed in the sweater. Uh, he had showers in the sweater. <laughs> he, he he couldn't be parted with the sweater, and he he thought he was an honorary Norwegian, didn't you? It's like, oh, I've got the sweater now. I did, I did. And and, and the the company who made the sweaters themselves um, have a beautiful, rich history um, and a lot of fronts, like, and very, very sustainable. And um, at the forefront of a lot of invention and pioneering at, at the many over a hundred years ago. So check out the Leave No Trace Instagram for lots of photos of Ricky wearing a Norwegian sweater, and he now calls me Sven. <laughs> and what do you call him? Oh, look, I can't talk about that on radio. <laughs> That's a whole different story. <laughs> well, when we come back from the break, I want to hear more about the the environment. You know, I think there are a lot of people. You were talking, Ben, about expectations of thinking of what Norway is, you know, the perception that we have. But I think there are a lot of people who have maybe just a stereotype of Norway being the little gnomes. And I bet there are plenty of people out there who don't even know what a fjord is. So when we come back, let's go a little bit deeper into this culture and, and into the environment of Norway. Sounds great. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel, and I'm here today with Richard Crawford. He is the host of the Leave No Trace series on Amazon Prime, and Ben Alcott, his, what would you say, director, producer, cameraman, all-around go-to guy. Marilyn, I like to think of myself as a protege, because uh, one day, one day I might, you know, I might be able to ascend to the lofty position of host of Leave No Trace. You never know. Well, would that mean that, that mean Ricky would have to walk backwards instead of you? <laughs> yeah, that's that's why we never swap. He's not good at walking backwards. There you we go. get a lot of we we get a lot of people commenting on on social media. Like, Poor Ben. Everybody yeah. feels sorry yeah. for yeah. Ben. Poor Ben. Well, when we come back, we're going to showcase Ben. So stay tuned. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> It's crisp, it's clean, it's cool, and it's here. Fall is in the air. While the brisk breeze billows through the kaleidoscope of colors cascading across the mountains, there is no better time to get out and explore the breathtaking beauty that our backyard has to offer. Adventure is the name of the game. What better to kick off in than a symmetrical all-wheel drive Subaru to take you through whatever terrain you wish to tackle? Adventure is waiting, and the choice is yours. Discover the beauty of all-wheel drive at Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road, Nashville, or visit us online at PrestigeSubaru.com. 
Traveling to new places is good for everybody, but sometimes travel can be challenging. The good news is there are products available that can put your traveling concerns at ease. Unlock the potential CBD has in your life with Western North Carolina's premier supplier of high-quality hemp and CBD products. Visit our store at 28 North Lexington Avenue in Asheville and by visiting AshevilleHempFarmsNC.com. Fly me to the moon Let me play among the stars And let me see what spring is like On Jupiter and Mars In other words Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm excited to have Ricky Crawford here from the Leave No Trace TV series on Amazon Prime for our Speaking of Travel plus Leave No Trace series. And Ricky, you're there in Australia with Ben Alcott. Yay! Let's hear it for Ben. We're going to highlight Ben. It's so great to see you both together, to have you both on the show and to be catching us up on your travels. And really, this year, you've done a lot of travel. And that Norway trip that we were just talking about was definitely a big highlight for you both. Yeah, for sure. We've gotten a lot in um, since the pandemic, the covid restrictions were lifted um, and we have a lot ahead of us and it's almost difficult to get it into the schedule. So, so, so far we, this year already we've been to uh, Belize, Belize. Uh, we've been to Newfoundland and Labrador Island, yeah. uh, and we've also been to Norway mm-hmm. uh, and uh, literally tomorrow we are, are doing our first Australian episode. Uh, Ricky forced us into doing Scotland early on because you know he loves Scotland so I've now forced him into doing an Australian episode. So we're heading down to Australia's premier eco-lodge down in Tasmania, where it will be very chilly because, of course, it's winter here. It's just coming out of winter. So we're going down to Tasmania doing a, uh, a property called uh, Sapphire Freytonade. Yeah. So uh, very, very excited about that. I think it was, I think it was um, listed as Australia's number one eco Resort, wasn't it? Yeah. So, so that's uh, that's number four uh, on on you know this year already. So it's been a very busy year. Yep. Very busy year. Well, let's talk a little bit about you know you talk about an eco lodge and you certainly are into the eco tourism and eco travel using using Norway, let's say, as our template. Give us an idea of what that even means when you when you look into where you're going to go, where you're going to stay, what you're going to focus on. Give us a little bit of an idea of what's going on as you're piecing it all together. Yeah, there's, there's three main pillars to the, the philosophy of the show. It's, you know, it's ecotourism, it's sustainability, but it's also social responsibility, which a lot of people actually forget about when it comes to ecotourism, um, making sure that the places that you're going to um, that you get the community involved, that you give back to the community, you give back to the culture. Um, and, and by giving to that culture, you can continuing their, their ability to, to keep with their traditions and, and all that kind of stuff. So overall, that's the three main pillars of, of what we're looking for. And within that, obviously, come, comes a lot of different things. The resorts themselves, we're looking for them to have a lot of practices that are extremely eco-sensitive. Um, not just, uh, and we, this is how we kind of got started in this. We go to these hotels and they're like, oh, we're, you know, we're equal, 
we're ecotourism because we don't wash our towels every day when, when normally we would. It's not really ecotourism. So you dig a little deeper uh, and you find out that some of these places we're going to and the organizations we're working with are doing a lot, a lot, like and very, very often detrimental to the bottom line. Like it, it costs them money, more money to do it than not do it. So that's the kind of places we're looking for um, when we're doing our research and before we actually go there. I might be looking at it from a different angle a little bit, but ecotourism to me before we started doing this, uh, and Ricky and I joke about it, but, it, you know, mud huts and staying in the, the jungles of Mexico and eating beetles and, and you know, I, I'm not that kind of person. <laughs> so if there's not a room service phone in the room, then I, I get a little tense, right, Ricky? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think what we've been able to prove through doing Leave No Trace is Ricky talked about all the things about um, – uh, sustainability, uh, eco-responsibility, corporate responsibility. But we find these, the whole point of the show is to find these locations that not only do that, but do it in an exceptional way. So using Norway as an example, um, one of the hotels that we visited, one of the properties we visited was called the Hotel Union Oya. And I apologize to all the Norwegians listening for my terrible pronunciation. Um, but basically, this was a little, uh, a little hotel that was built in in deep inside a fjord, you had to, we had to travel by boat for like an hour and a half to get there. And um, this hotel was built in 1896 or something. And, and I apologize, I'm sure that's not the right date, but, uh, but it was built um, many, many years ago. And the organization has rebuilt it from scratch. And it is the most spectacular, absolutely gorgeous, luxury. The, they're all wearing the, these heavy um, uh, velvet traditional dresses and, and, and the, the bar was incredible. And, and if you look at Ricky's, uh, if you look at Leave No Traces Instagram, you'll see the suites had a button you could push for a gin and tonic or for a champagne and then they, they run it into you. Yet this whole hotel is based on extreme levels of sustainability, extreme levels of social responsibility. It's in a, it's in a village which had, before they renovated the hotel, it had 35 people lived in the village. They've doubled the size of the village. They, they've employed twice as many people just to run the hotel. And it just goes to show that, that you don't have to be, you know, nothing wrong with a mud hut, of course, uh, uh, but you don't have to be in a mud hut for it to be sustainable eco travel. And uh, I mean, these are uh, some of the best hotels in the world. Uh, and yet they still, uh, as Ricky said, to their financial detriment, still um, practice these these social, uh, these, these social responsibility eco practices, you know, it's spectacular, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. And, and this particular hotel, Ben, talking about the Hotel Union Oya. Again, I'll apologize to for find all we did in is a hotel that originally was developed because the area that it's in was very attractive for world class mountaineers. So they went to this place, they built this hotel. Uh, it went into a little, you know, got let go a little bit basically but 62 North put a lot of money into it and and made it back to its splendor like it was you know the day that it opened I say it to camera on the show I was like look I don't I don't only feel like I've stepped back in time I feel like I've stepped back in time on the day that the hotel opened like everything the attention the detail it's all very um, all very period and aesthetically you know they're looking for that 1891 I believe it was yeah, yeah. but look, the bathtubs and, yeah, and, and but, the, like just Literally everything about the tile it. tile in the bathroom. And, and I think the point is, you know, you, you can have these extremely gorgeous experiences, but then we went out and we jumped on an electric bike and we went into the fjords. And then 
we went um, snorkeling in in the lakes, and then we, we you know, like it it gives you the opportunity to do all these amazing things out in nature. So it really does show, and I, I guess my joy on working on Leave No Trace is that um, we get to go to these absolutely incredible locations. I think the thing for me is that it has taught me a lot about, uh, I, I come from Australia where we have deserts and we have ski fields and we have a barrier reef and we have forests and, and we've got a wide range of, of nature here. But the thing that this has taught me is the world is an incredible place. You know, a month ago we were in a destination in Canada where there was pack ice and you, you couldn't see the ocean because it was just pack ice as far as the eye could see. And then the week before that, we were in the jungles of Belize in swimming around Snake Island looking for conch. Like it, it, and I think everybody who's listening to this, this um, recording, this podcast, I'm sorry, needs to keep in mind that the world's a big place. And it's, it's incredible. There's so many different things to see. And we were in a boat driving down the fjords and waterfalls cascading off these, these mountainous, 2,000 feet cliffs, uh, and we actually couldn't get the drone high enough to get to the top of, of the fjords because that was so high and these waterfalls cascading. And uh, it, the world's an incredible place. Yeah. You know, and that's why we need to protect it, really. It's good to go and see, but it has to be there in 10 years when we want to go back and see it. Exactly. Absolutely. And hopefully we can have some, some tips and some solutions that each and every one of us can practice because it is a practice. And the more we can see and hear from people like you who are out there being ambassadors to show us the big world, the better, hopefully, we're all going to grow. Well, before we go to break, we have to know what is a fjord? Like, I don't even know. Is it a body of water? Is it a waterway? Is it a... A fjord is a bit like a Mercedes, just a cheaper version. So it's, um, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's, it's very similar, but it hasn't got the same. Oh, no, that's a Ford, right? Oh, that's Sorry, a, Ricky, what's a fjord? But in Norway, it's a fjord. It's a fjord. <laughs> I would like to pick up a fjord. <laughs> Four-wheel drive, please. So um, a fjord, yeah. Look, a fjord is a, Ricky and I spent a lot of, we spent a lot of time together and we, we, we went on this amazing six-hour drive. We were very lucky to have um, a, a Porsche electric vehicle that we, we had as part of the Norway trip. And we drove for six hours through the fjords and we were talking about fjords, are glaciated valleys, which basically over the centuries, over the millennia, uh, glaciers have pushed their way down and created these deep, deep valleys that then um, in some places fill up with water. So that you've got they're very deep, yeah. and and the water uh, is very cold, but they're they're these V-shaped deep valleys, and they're absolutely spectacular. Right. Yeah. When yeah. we come back from the break, we're going to talk more with Ricky and Ben here and find out how the bigger idea of ecotourism and this big world that Ben was talking about really is a place that we can help make better. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Whether you're traveling to points near or far or traveling on a life journey, every transition is an opportunity regardless of your stage of life. If you, a family member, or a loved one is looking to downsize, retire, or buy or sell a home, contact your trusted Mountain Community Advisor, Janet Oppenheimer, from Nest Realty in Asheville. As a senior real estate specialist, Janet will help and guide you through any life transition one step at a time. Contact Janet at nestrealty.com today, helping you find that perfect home to fit your next journey. Nest Realty. Fly me to the moon. Let me play 
among the stars And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars In other words Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm here today with Richard Crawford. He is with the Leave No Trace TV show on Amazon Prime, and Ben Alcott, and Ben lives right there in Australia. He travels with Ricky all over the world, and you guys have been together for a while. Give us a little backstory on how you came together. How'd y'all meet? Uh, oh, so romantic. It is romantic. <laughs> the, the funny thing with Ricky and I is we go to all these places like Thailand and the Maldives and all these things, and we're just there holding hands, watching the sunset. We we have uh, we see a lot more romantic things than with our respective partners. So it's like, you know, we're romantic. <laughs> um, we actually met on Ben's birthday. birthday. That's right. <laughs> on, it was a birthday. One of his one of his ten birthdays. Yeah, um, I was 20. Yeah, uh, and it was an experience that I was filming down in Florida where we were in um, thing called Zero Gravity, and it was how the astronauts used to train. You know, they'd go still up there. and still do. Yeah, they'd go up in the, what they call the vomit comet. And uh, the way it was flown at certain times in the flight, you, you were weightless, basically. And, and I was there, Ben was there. Um, Ben's like, hey, I'm a producer, a cameraman, blah, blah, blah. But while you're on the plane, I, I see you've got a lot of GoPros and stuff. I can hold them for you, and you don't have to hold them and do selfies, basically. So he did, uh, and we met. And so I should put out Richard was cheating on me, and he had another cameraman there okay, at the I time. Did. I did, but he didn't. He couldn't get a seat on on the flight, yeah. and I and I did. So I said, "Give me those GoPros." Yeah, exactly. And um, now the other cameraman wants to kill me because I traveled the world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> an opportunity missed for him. Um, and and then um, we became friends, and and I was actually supposed to go shoot a, a safari for the Kempinski Hotel, and my cameraman at the time. Um, had a last minute thing come up and he couldn't make big it. Mistake. Big mistake. So I put on Facebook, hey, is there any cameraman out there who would like to come along the safari and, and shoot? It's not paid, but you know, you get to go on How safari. You. And Ben and Ben immediately answered. In fact, I hadn't finished typing yet. He must have been watching me, you know, I hadn't finished typing. Ben's like, hey, what about me? And that, that's the genesis of how we met and how we started producing television together. So, And I should point out, Marilyn, that the original show that we started making was about luxury experiences, but it was about, uh, you know, we found that we were traveling the world doing these amazing luxury experiences, but they weren't necessarily uh, uh, very eco-sensitive, you, you know, like, in, and for instance, the zero gravity experience is amazing, but of course you're in a plane and you have to fly to get there. And so we started talking, but we actually went to one, to one location that was an amazing uh, that was an amazing location, and they talked about their eco efforts, and we thought, well, maybe we should look a little bit more into this. This, you know, and, and this was a, an amazing river cruise through the Amazon, and and it was spectacular. But they were also talking about how they employed locals and how they got local food and how they. And we thought, look, this is really interesting, and maybe we should we should experience that more. So that's how. We then, uh, and I remember we were sitting in a car driving a six-hour drive talking about, well, what do we do about this eco thing and we should look into it a bit more. So that's, um, that's sort of how Leave No Trace came about. And now we uh, look globally for these, uh, we, we call them eco lodges, yep. so they don't necessarily have to be a lodge, but these, these eco properties that uh, take extreme measures in terms of their uh, reducing their footprint, uh, enhancing guest experience, looking after the locals, putting back into their community because it's all part of the, the... And places we've been to, some of them are, have started up foundations that 
re-inhabit wildlife, the, 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 the Peruvian bear, yep. the, the, the Andean bear, which is Paddington bear, yep. uh, the, the buffalo uh, in New Mexico. In New Mexico. Yep. So, and I think you were just talking before in the last segment about what we can do to, to you know, make ecotourism work. It's about supporting these organisations. People need to look when they're booking their, their travel, they need to look and, and work with these organisations that do put the money into it. Pretty much every property we go to now, they, um, and I think it started with Geneva down in, in the Maldives, that every night you stay there, they take a, a $5, five US dollar contribution to put into their foundation for every guest for every night. Yeah. And this is happening more and more because it's not, it's not cheap. Is it, Ricky? No, it's not. It's cheap to do all of this stuff. No, and these, no. these foundations and these, and, and as Ricky said, it's not just them uh, washing their towels twice a week and not changing bedclothes while you're there. It is these people put millions and millions of dollars in, into sustaining their local communities, sustaining their local wildlife, uh, reinvesting in, uh, if, if we think about Whalo Whalo, we, we went to, they were building um telecabines up the mountain so you can see the view without having to trample over all the forest. So, yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah, so some of the things I've come across are really creative, really yeah. really pioneering. And then just materials that they're using, to, they're very, that, that is one thing that's common throughout all, all of our episodes is the places that we visit. The materials that they're using to build the resorts are all either sourced locally or have become have gotten very creative in what they use. For example, in, in the Maldives, I think it was, or in Thailand, or both, yeah, they were using the old telegraph poles, the yep. little wooden telegraph poles that were no longer needed, I think, from the UK. Cables have been buried now. And using that as support beams and structures. And that's just an example. That's just a very small example. And, and in, uh, in Canada, in Newfoundland at Fogo Island, they, grow all of the, they, they grew all of the wood to build that Fogo Island in was from one sustainable plantation within 50 miles of the actual building. So yep. people are really, really considering now uh, it, it's not just about lip service of, oh, we're eco. They're thinking about it from the very design of the property, yeah. through the operation of the property, through the guests coming. Uh, it, it is beginning to end. And, and I, I know Ricky's spoken to you about Fogo Island Inn, but the, the amount of effort they put into their locals and reinvesting in the community, I've never seen anything like it. Uh-huh. it it's, it's insane right? in a good way. Well, would you consider yourselves uh, before you had that aha moment when you were in that place and then started to recognize, oh, here's some eco things that are going on. Would you consider yourselves as tree huggers or, you know, people who were really like I'm, I'm the opposite. That? Yeah, I, I actively disliked the thought of eco travel. I hate to say it. You know, I, I you know, and this is going to sound terrible. Um, but you know, I, I was always the complaining about not traveling first class and, you know, I only stay in a Hyatt and, and, you know, I've, I've got to, you know, use as much, you know, consume as much energy as I possibly can <laughs> every minute I'm, I'm awake. And, you know, I guess this opportunity with Ricky has shown me the opposite. You know, my idea of a luxury holiday used to be jumping on the four seasons private jet and traveling around Europe for two weeks and, oh, that's luxury. I've never seen anything like these places. And, and it's not just the quality of the build of the hotel. It's the friendliness of the people. It's the desire to get tourists there. It's the pride of showing their environment, whether it's, you know, the ice pack in Canada or the forests of, of Belize or anywhere that we go. It is the pride of going. And I think one of the things that, that 
Ricky and I started doing was how does the impact, or it, it was a conundrum. These places need tourism to survive. So the tourists come, but if the tourists come and destroy the environment, no more tourists will come. So what, how do they protect the environment for tourism, but yet at the same time get sustainable tourism? And if I go, I was in with, sorry, I'm, I'm, I've taken over. No, no, Thank no, you for no. joining. I, I, Speaking of travel with Ben Alcott and my guest today, Marilyn Ball and Richard Crawford. <laughs> you, were, you were covering all bases. Like right? Richard you were covering all bases. I, I think that, that the experiences that you're getting now from these organizations that you visit are set up, are set up perfectly for that. Um, you know, the, I, I think people expect now when they go to a place like this that the experience is going to be different. It's not old, the old school like Ben was talking about. Uh, they do appreciate that the changes that are, that are being made and the approach to tourism. And not just that, but I just, I just used the example of a private jet tour. Even now, that is, that is now, there's, there's carbon neutral contributions. There's, you know, like people are aware now within the eco within tourism in general. There needs to be eco consideration. Yeah, and I think also I, I wasn't quite as bad as Ben when it came to really not giving any kind of stamp. from <laughs> damn good. good. Um, but um, I, I was conscious of it, but I wasn't wasn't best practices for me. Um, that has changed. Um, but at the same time, I'm still not perfect, and, and I never would claim to be perfect. And I think that's the important thing when you become when you become a tourist or an eco tourist is you're striving. To be perfect, you'll never be perfect. It's just impossible to walk out. And the it's door. also boring too. Yeah. I, I mean, we, we get we get followed around at some of these properties. You know, we leave the room and we go turn the light off, and then it's like, oh, you know. But when we come back, Marilyn, I would like to tell you a story about. Uh, I mean, Ricky was just saying, strive to be perfect. So remind me, and I'll tell you the story when we come back. That sounds great. I'll look forward to it. And hearing from you both on how we can look at things differently and be able to actually start to practice. That's what it is. It's creating a practice where we pay attention. So we're going to be in for some good storytelling when we come back. And I'm here today with Ricky Crawford and Ben Alcott. And this is Marilyn Ball. And you're listening to Speaking of Travel. And we'll be right back. Are you ready to plan your next vacation or staycation to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains? Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Not just for couples, RomanticAsheville.com is an 800-page online guide covering a nearly 100-mile radius around Asheville, North Carolina. Fall is just around the corner, making this the perfect time to explore all the many safe and memorable adventures to be found across Western North Carolina. Visit RomanticAsheville.com today. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm excited to be continuing the Speaking of Travel plus Leave No Trace series with Ricky Crawford and special guest from Australia, yay, Ben Alcott. Hey. 
All right. Well, this has really been fabulous to talk about like the beginning, how you came to even have this inception of creating Leave No Trace TV. And Ben, you were going to tell us a good story and I've been sitting here anxiously waiting. So the platform is yours. I feel I might have oversold it. I'm not sure it's that good a story. <laughs> but uh, we were just talking about best practices and we were talking about, you know, where we've come from and, and whatever. And um, one of the, I think one of the main things that these organizations try to do is they, they try to, uh, and Seneva is a good example where you can choose to in, actively engage in the eco side of things. You, you, if you help them clean up, if you work in their eco centro, you actually get extra nights three extra nights you can stay at the hotel. So there's, Or they say you can do nothing at all. You can just lie in bed and watch TV and they do it all in the background. So, um, you know, that, that's very interesting. But uh, in my other life, uh, when I'm not leave no tracing, I'm a, a, among other things I do is I'm a director for, the, um, for a lot of music acts. And one of them I was on tour with a few weeks ago is 50 Cent, who, of course, is the, the American rapper. And uh, we were doing a show in Italy, and I, I won't go into details of where we were, but I arrived at the hotel we were staying at, and there was a big sign out the front, and it said, um, you know, uh, awarded the best eco property in the world for 2019, and it had the big signs up and whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay, eco, here we go. And I go in and I immediately start taking photos for Ricky. You know, there's plastic everywhere. They've got these giant buses that drive the, the, the guests around the hotel. There's there was literally nothing eco about it, even remotely. And, you know, Ricky was getting sick of me sending him, you know, pictures going, oh, Ricky, look at this. This is absolutely disgraceful. How can they possibly have plastic, uh, you know, amenities bottles in the shower? Don't they know anything? Yeah. So it, it's funny that uh, I have by osmosis, uh, as you travel and you hear the effort that people put in, by osmosis, you then realize how important the little tiny things are. You know, would you agree, Ricky? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I think it highlights the point that when you are, when you do want to be do a little bit of ecotourism, um, do research, like research, do a lot of research. It, it'll be worth it. It'll be worth the experience. Um, and you want to end up somewhere that, 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 that doing the term that's used now is greenwashing. Yeah. Like throwing a couple of titles out there and, and not, you know, washing the towels every day. That's not really eco. That's you know, a term that. And I think when you're traveling, you don't even have to, uh, I mean, like I was just talking about in Norway, if I had walked into that hotel, because I would just be wandering through a fjord and just walk into that hotel, <laughs> <in> the, <laughs> um, you, you would actually have no idea at all about the eco aspects of the organization behind it. You just go, this is an absolutely incredible hotel. But when you travel, um, you know, I, I don't think it's just for eco, eco travelers anymore. I mean, we when we went to to Peru, we were looking at an organization that's been doing it since the early 70s. You know, that was really, really bleeding edge stuff back then. But now, you know, it's not hard to stay at a property that is absolutely spectacular. And you normally find that they have built a whole program of activities available to you as well. So you're actually getting a better experience staying at these places. So it's not about, oh, I'm going to go on an eco holiday. Because I have to say that I wouldn't. I would not go out and say, I'm going to book an eco holiday. Right. But now when I book my travel, I look at booking a beautiful place and a beautiful destination. And I look at what they're doing eco-wise. I, yeah. I do on their website. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not about saying, oh, I'm an eco traveler. You can just be a normal traveler. 
but don't don't you know specifically target places that are destroying the environment. Yeah. You know? the, the other thing with the places we visit too is that they don't. You touched on it earlier. They they give you the choice mm. as to whether you want to experience it as an eco tourist or you don't. They they don't force it down your throat. Like the last thing you want when you're paying a lot of money for some mm. of the places that we visit. Guilty. Yeah, right. is to feel guilty about being there and and have and be you know bombarded every day with a message about ecotourism. It's not what you're paying for. Um, so you know, but you're still getting to experience it. So they do a good and, job. And it's a scenes, fine balance. Yeah, it's a fine balance. Yeah. And you want to make sure behind the scenes that there's uh, you know a, a good thing to look for is are they employing locals, for instance, because uh, a lot of the best places you go to, you find that they really put an investment in educating the locals. Uh, we went to a place that was very unsophisticated but beautiful and we found that none of the staff spoke English and, and one of the waiters in particular, is that Chile? Yeah. yeah. We, we thought he was angry with us. He, he, he kept running away. He would look at Ricky and scowl and then run off and we were like, well, what have we done to offend this guy? And we found out by the end of the trip that he was scared to speak to us because that, what they have done is they've actually put them into English courses so they're, they're training the locals, they're giving them extra training and education. And this one guy hadn't done it. And he, he was petrified that Ricky would ask him something. Yeah. But, in, but in the end, he got a big hug, didn't yeah, he? He yeah. got a big hug from yeah. him. So, so it's, it's, these places are really, uh, really making an effort to, to uh, go the extra mile. And I think that's, oh yeah, and with websites now, you can jump on the website and have a look. Yeah. But any place that does flashing stars saying, we are eco, we are fabulous. They're usually not. Yeah, right. That's a good point. Yeah, you usually find that the ones, yeah. the quiet achievers. Yeah. So what would we look for? Like if we're researching where to stay, what would be something that would pop out? I, I found now, without all the flashing lights that Ben's talking about, if you look at the top menu now for mm. a lot of these really high-end uh, experiences, there is a sustainability button or there is a programs button. Like there's, there's, there's something at the top that yeah. if you press on, gives you the whole story so it gives you the opportunity to go check the story out without again having that as the highlight and you also find that uh, and i hate to say this but you find the bigger chains it, it is not so much of a focus for them because they're more about business hotels they're more about you know transactional uh accommodation you know you're in there for nights you're out they'll say we have a, a restaurant we have a pool but if you're looking at going somewhere for an actual experience you'll find that it's usually the, the smaller group. And we're finding they normally have three, four, five hotels in the group. Nice, yeah. You know, um, usually you find the single properties can't really afford it unless they're really focused on it. But, but you'll find usually that there's two, three, four. Uh, Ricky was talking about uh, 62 North, um, and that's a classic example. They're, they're owned by a family in Norway uh, who make the sweaters. That, that's where they come. They, they own that company that makes the sweaters, and uh, they uh, all their businesses are sustainable-based businesses. So they worked out. They were like, "How can we bring tourism back to Norway? How can we be proud of our fjords and everything, but but really make a positive impact locally?" And they're building hydrogen power plants to power their hotels, and they're they're they're, they're doing crazy stuff, you know, above and beyond partnership with Porsche and, and their electric cars and and things. So. So they've got they've got three properties at the moment, but but at the same time that they're partnering with with organisations like Porsche EV yeah. and these big hydroelectric or hydrogen producing mm. power plants. At the same time, they're partnering with this mom and pop mm. 
who who live in this house that they they met together and grew up and grew old in together, where you go have a seven course meal mm. with this local couple who who let you experience everything the forage from from the forest, everything they've caught from the fjord. So that it's a well-rounded experience. Except for the part where they said, and for course number six, we have whale. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm like, I'm sorry, what do you mean? Because I, I don't eat meat. And Ricky's like, I'll have whale three ways, thanks. No, I didn't. No, he did not. I just wanted to try it. But, <laughs> but they were saying, interestingly, that even gives you another, another view on sustainability because the, the elderly lady who'd grown up here 70 years, she said that um, the whales, uh, now, because their food has been reduced in the oceans, they come into the fjords to eat the fish there. Now, there's not enough fish for the people to eat. So, right. it's a real circle of life. So, she's like, yes, we, we like eating whales. It's a very fine balance. Isn't it? <laughs> like, I love, love that. that. I love the circle yeah. of life. Well, I just want to get back to that that sweater because, I actually, I did see those photos of Ricky in the sweater. So, we need to know how can we all see those photos, stay in touch, <laughs> Keep up with what you're doing. You're on your way now to do your Australia. Then you're going to, where are you going to Christmas Island we're after that? To, we go, well, we, we're, we're actually going to Tasmania. There, there's a story behind all this. But we, we're going to Tasmania and then we go to Costa Rica and then Jordan before the end of the year. Oh, so my gosh. But um, yeah, so you, you can follow us at, at Leave No Trace TV on both Facebook and Instagram. All right. Well, we're on it and we'll keep doing this we can do this remote thing now we know how to do it so yeah, wherever exactly. you are right you can uh, you will never know where he is you will never know where ricky is from now on well he'll be like that gnome that keeps changing all over the place like <laughs> where's the gnome where's the gnome travel is that travelocity i don't know do you buy travelocity <laughs> hopefully we'll get paid for that well, thank you both so much for being on Speaking of Travel, and I look forward to the next time so we can keep up with you and find out where you're going. And like I said, you know, being being like the ambassador for us to go out and, and bring these stories back is so important. That's, that's how we're going to change. That's how the industry is going to change as we move forward. So I can't thank you and enough. And Marilyn, just quickly before we go, if any of your listeners have got any ideas of where they would like us to go or if they've been somewhere that they they really like you know we'd love to hear from them on your social media pages we'd love them to engage and tell us you know we've been here this was amazing we we would love to get some feedback from your listeners so that we can uh, you know we can take a little bit of speaking of travel with us when we go uh, to our next destination well you got it consider that done we're going to start getting those and then we can add them in as we talk at your next location so thank you both. And if somebody wants us to go somewhere, they just need to let us know and, and we'll, we'll get them on the, and he, we'll show tell up. them in person. You show up. You're going to have to show up. That's all there is to it. I think it's, it's kind of like when um, uh, the guy from the Weather Channel, when he shows up in your neighborhood, you know, uh-oh, uh, Jim Cantori's here. That can't be good news. <laughs> It'll be like, oh, no, Ricky and Ben are here. Yeah. We want to think that. We can be like the Reader's Digest person. That's right. The front door All right. Door. Well, thank you both for being on Speaking of Travel. I always have so much fun, and I'm so glad that you're you're doing well and you're in Australia. And I just want to say that I've heard from many people out there who have been traveling over the past oh the past few months, even this whole full year, and they have all received countless new insights, especially around recognizing that the world is not such an uncaring and scary place, but really rather discovering the vast majority of people are actually pretty kind. 
We open up ourselves to new possibilities every time we travel. And over time, we become someone who is able to listen to other viewpoints as a place to learn from. If you're paying attention, if you're aware of your patient's level, you can actually notice things from a different perspective. Travel makes you more open and more creative. J.R.R. Tolkien said it best, all we have to do is decide what to do with the time that is given us. So remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. 